First of all, it's wonderful to be here. Welcome. Thank you. It's Hashem. Um, my connection to Rabbi Mimon, Rabbi Shon goes back, I don't know, 20 years or something like that, right? Something like that. So, Baruch Hashem. It's, it's, it's an honor to, to, to be here to, to spend some time with you. Um, number one. Number two, these are just my musings, and I'm happy to hear feedback. That's why I'm not saying a drosha. I'm sitting. And what are you? Um, that's number two. So the topic was officially something about the role of the, the, the Bentara in, in, the, in, the, in the working world. I don't remember the exact official title. Um, I've been, this is something which Baruch Hashem, our yeshiva does have a lot of Tamidim which go on to the working world. And uh, we have discussions with my Tamidim many different stages of that process. Immediately leaving yeshiva, being out of yeshiva for a while. And different things that they're grappling with, different things that they're thinking about. Actually, the Roshiva is Rabbi Lapiansky. He's actually working on an English safer on this topic. Uh, it's already holding quite well developed in the stages. Of it's, it's holding the final edit, editing on this topic of the transition from the world of learning Torah into the world of working, the definition of what it means to be a mentor in the working world, etc. A lot of different thoughts, and this, so that's something which we, both of us have we've discussed together many times in the context of specific Talmudim, or in general, just message we need to give giving our Talmudim while they're in Yeshiva to the thoughts they should take with them as they go beyond the Yeshiva. Um, yeshiva is a cocoon, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to be in a cocoon, but the cocoons are, are very precious and very wonderful, but cocoons also limit you. There's a certain amount that you can't, you can't develop inside a cocoon. And what you have to get beyond that to be able to, 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 really, to really grow and to really, to, to really accomplish. Um, one of the biggest challenges which we have, I think, is the message that we give our Talmudim while they're in Yeshiva is the message of the primacy of learning Torah, which we have to do that because that's what a person is supposed to be in Yeshiva for. Um, but then the person goes on to, beyond the Yeshiva confines and the, you don't have all that much time to learn Torah. And I define myself by how much I learn and how much I'm doing. So in that sense, I'm not doing that much. And that's, and that's a challenge. I think the Hasidim have one up on the Yeshiva world in this. You know, they never made that their primary message. I think that was part of what they came to respond to this issue was people who felt they were being somewhat disenfranchised because they're, they're not in the, the world of the learners. They're in the world of the, the workers, etc. And part of the message was, you know, you can be a wonderful Jew. And, and all the stories about how like, you know, the simple Jew was the one who really, you know, saved Klai Yisrael. The reason why all the stories are like that is because they needed, that's exactly what they were trying to address, was this, the simple Jew who feels, that what, what, what's his role? Who is he? What is he? And the answer to your question is very, every, every Jew is very important. Um, so that's, so I think that, uh, you know, the Hasidim uh, have the one up on, 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 on the, the Lithuanian world in that respect of how to address that. Um, personally, as I've gotten older, I've come, I, I learned the Tel Shiva. Now, Tel Shiva is a bastion of, of, of Lithuanian number one. That being said, it wasn't so like from Hasidus in many ways. Um, Rishi one time told us, we give, I said Rishi, I mean, give to, just to give the hakdam over here. So Rishi one time told us that, you know, they used, that he, he gave Khaburas one point in time in Tanya. Was, you know, he gave Nefeshachayim, Tanya, etc. Um, 
and he said that they used to learn Tanya in Tells in Europe that there was one of the there were Chabad Hasidim who learned the Tells Yeshiva and one of them said he says you know out of all the yeshivas Tells was very much intellectual yeshiva a lot of the intellectual element of which Chabad was very much into he says you're not Hasidus but you're the closest thing in the literature world to Hasidus so I'm not like totally out there, the foreign the Sharidas has a lot of things about Hishtal Shulis and all these wonderful Hasidish things, which you talk about Kabbalistic things. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, that was part of my kingdom. Um, interestingly enough, in Silver Spring, so that, you know, uh, Rebbe Lopiansky, for sure, that's, you know, that's his world. Rosh Shapiro has brought a lot of that, Rebbe and then Rosh Shapiro brought a lot of the world of Hasidus into the literature world. I think it's a good thing. I think it, 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 gives, it gives a vehicle, a message which is important about the Hashivas uh, of, of a Jew. I, I want to share with you a, uh, a thought from the Alta Fakelem. Alta Fakelem points out the following. He says, we know that Avram Avinu was the Rosh Hashanah. Avram Avinu was the person through his intellect was able to come to be Makar Kodesh Baruch Extraordinary Metzius of Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was the Murah Chesed. Avram Avinu Chesed Avraham. So we have two parts of Avram Avinu's Messias, which at first glance seem to be two independent, separate realities. Rosh Hashanah, the philosopher, you know, extraordinary depth of thinking to come to recognize nobody else is able to come to recognition. He saw Kadosh Baruch Hu runs the world to the point that Kadosh Baruch Hu comes to him and says that I'm the Balabira. Avraham Avinu is the person who committed himself to the world of Chesed way beyond any individual which ever existed. It doesn't make sense that these two parts shouldn't be connected in some way, but at first glance, what's the connection? So he says they, they have one thing in common. They're both, they took themselves out of the, himself out of the picture. Avraham Avinu saw a Kaddish Baruch in the world. Avraham Avinu saw the, the other person next to him. A lot of our focus is about ourselves. And of course, which we, you know, we're, we start out being very self-focused, it's not a bad thing. That's what that's what pushes us to grow, etc. At some point in our lives, our the realities of our life, our life becomes outward focused. We focus towards our wives and towards our children, and we sort of like lose. So what am I? Who am I? And part of the question is because we so we we've, we've been so focused inward that we have not really we don't know how to embrace that reality of seeing outward. But what happens when you see outward is you're able to see the person next to you and truly understand it. You're able to see a Kaddish Baruch on the Bria. That's, that's the Machshava that the altar says. The why, why do I think that's relevant for, for us? Revolva has a fascinating view. Learn the Shur from Revolva. So Revolva's Chelek Aleph was written for the thinking Talmud Chacham, a process through the different Shurim of, of developing oneself. And he goes through four stages. The four Shurim of the Sefer. The fourth Shar is as a person goes beyond the world, the world of focusing on himself. And he says he believes that this is going to be the defining elements, the defining point of the person of not becoming complacent, stuck, frustrated, etc. It's when the person learns to see beyond himself. He said that starts with the process of marrying somebody. Then moves from marriage into the responsibility for a family. Then uh, some point of role and responsibility of Klai whether you're a Balabas, whether you're a Rub, that you all, we, all, we all embrace Klai And it's, it's all this idea of being able to, to incorporate a reality beyond ourselves. 
It tells the Rav has a shuz about this that they were, he was asked and tells they were very big in this idea of communal responsibility. When I was in yeshiva, every bacher in the base medrash was required to live with a high school boy for free every single night, six times a week, five nights a week plus on Shabbos, an hour. Because that's part of your responsibility to care about somebody else. I remember the Carlos was expected to go and learn with Balabatim at least once a week, and that was. I, I mean, I did it for years. It was a half an hour drive from the yeshiva to the community, half hour drive back. It was two hours of living. It was three hours plus we done more of them. And this was you, you, so it was like you know you leave it you would leave at seven thirty. You would come home at 11, 11, 11, 30, 11, 11 30 at night because that's what, it, what that's what part of being a Jew is. There was in tells in Europe which. We don't picture this reality, but the gift that we talked about one time, he says, Shiro explains about more often, that between the two world wars, Lithuania was falling apart, Yiddishkeit-wise. So the Tells created something called Valdafotzis and every Bukhar was required to spend time to leave the Yeshiva, to go out to a small outlying community and be Machazic Torah. And Gifter said he spent six months in some little shtetl learning Torah with little kids. So when he walked into the city, the picture of where the world was holding, he says, you know, Yeshiva Bakr, Yeshiva Bakr, there was a phrase, Yeshiva Bakr, which means this guy just sits on him and, you know, all he cares about is himself. So he walks in, these little, like, six, seven-year-old kids were screaming, Yeshiva Bakr, Yeshiva Bakr, that's where the Kaiser was holding between the two world wars. He came to America. I picture, picture this picture. Minneapolis approached Rebbe Meir Bluff. They needed help starting a day school. Rebbe Meir sent two Talmudim from the yeshiva. They were 19 years old. They started a day school. They're 19 years old. Rebbe Chaim Sihalder's Shlita. He's now he's a Rebbe in the base of in Eretz Yisrael, in the yeshiva there. He was 19 years old. Rebbe Meir sent him to, as, as a bacher to, to Minneapolis to start a yeshiva. The, the South African community, Rebbe Meir sent Talmudim as bacherim. So South Africa to start a yeshiva there. Because that's part of your surprise reply. So that was very very much the stress, this idea you can't just focus on yourself. Which was different than all the yeshivas. The other yeshivas that wasn't out of focus, but it was very the Shiva Bark used to speak about it, or gift used to speak about it, this idea you have to think about other people. Um, but in the Shiridas it has this question that says, But you always have this conflict there's the on me myself versus versus the you know, I want to grow. And then you have the other hand, like, what about she so says it's, he, he says, you know, these, these like, very simple answers, which, like, what does it mean? Like, you know, he, yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. He says, well, just, just expand your need. Your goal is about you, so just make your, your you bigger, right? Includes other people, so now it's about, uh, it's about me. That sounds very nice on paper. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? So, I, the first training ground is, is marriage. Um, I learned my chassan. <coughs> one of the things I talked to him about was they probably did with you also. I don't remember that. I don't remember I did that most days. Anyway, um, I said I, I think the biggest challenge of marriage is learning to see the world through somebody else's eyes and validating that. I, 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 a couple, this fellow was like very like logical, thought out, etc. And this woman was very emotional, etc. So he says, you know. Obviously, it's much more logical to be uh, logical. <laughs> I said, that's true. He says, would you like a world of just logical beings? He said, no. I said, why not? It's so much better. So, well, you need the world. So it's good, so that's your wife. Just, to, just respect it in your wife. <laughs> yeah, it drives me crazy. I says, okay, well, that's a decision you have to make. That there's, there's another way of looking at something which is just as valid as yours. I said, but I, I said logical arguments have heard. It doesn't work. 
I said, yeah, right, because they shouldn't. So he says, give me an example. He says, you know, we're having this conversation and I'm looking at the you know, mail while I'm talking to my wife. And he says, you, you know, you're ignoring me. I said, no, I'm not. So I'll prove it to you. And I repeat verbatim what she just said. So logically, I had to be listening to her. And I said, so what's she saying? She's saying, I want to feel that you're listening to me. I want to be able to feel it. Don't prove it to me. I want to feel it. So I look at you. I focus on you. I give feedback. I, I said, I, 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 I love this. You have, you, have, you, have, you have a person on the receiving end of a phone call. <clears throat> so a man on the receiving end of a phone call, it's like, you know, yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> right? right? The woman is like, oh, yeah, it's constant feedback. You, do, you, do, you talk to a group of men, you go like, so the ladies like you get this head, the heads nodding, you know the whole thing, you know. It's so much more. I mean, it's much more gratifying to speak to women. And my wife one time she said, you know, she was watching by her, my son's, by my son's chasen tells the chasen says to her by the by the kabbalah's pun, by the chasen's dish. She told her along this. So my son's saying, and you know, like, you know, the whole place like this. My wife's watching the video, like you know, says it has to be horrible to talk to these people. <laughs> you know, like you know, like you know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're right. There's a there's another way of looking at the world which is very emotional. It's very and it's good. It's just as valid as yours. To learn to respect that is excruciatingly challenging. That's your first step of going down yourself. Okay, now you have kids, and your one kid's going to come home, and he's going to be the most emotional. Homeless one. Like, you're stopping so emotional. Why? Why is it so bad to be emotional? You don't understand him. Well, if you learn your lesson with your wife, well, you'll learn to understand your kid. So you'll actually understand them, not just lecture to them, you'll hear them. And then you can do it with your neighbor, you can do it with the community, you can expand beyond yourself. So it's a real avoidance to actually be, make yourself bigger. But when you do that, you, you start seeing the Barshalom in the world. And so whatever you're doing, whether you a person's going, a person goes, What is he doing? He's doing a phenomenal thing. He's doing a phenomenal thing. He's taking care of Yiddish Kindalov. He's taking care of his wife. He's a tremendous Balchesser. He just doesn't see it like that. He just sees, well, I'm not learning enough. Or you know, whatever you know, like what do you mean? You're 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 this extraordinary person. The more it says, "There's a person." What does that mean? It's a person who's That's what the words mean. The more it says, but why don't we see ourselves like that? That's what I'm. I'm, I'm in every time, every moment I'm at work, I'm in That's what the more is saying. And I'm on my way to that. I'm on my way to do tzedakah. I think that Gemara should be blazing like across every single Balabas's desk. That's what it means to work. But because we were never like trained to think of it in those terms, we miss it. But the more I, I can be margish my wife's needs, my wife's and, and understand where she's coming from and what she needs to have that feeling of, of that, that the husband's giving. Um, I, I was once <laughs> once approached by a, a father about you know about, about a young man in yeshiva. He wanted to know information about the young man. Now I, I happen to know that this young man got was involved with a young lady already, 
and I, my feeling was that the father was like really late. Like, you should ask me this question a long time ago, because by now it's not, it's, it's, it's almost done already. But he wants to know about this young man, like his ability to support the family. So that was his question. I said, you know, this young man has no skills. He does not have any degree. He has no training. He's probably not going to say the little Torah, right? He says, but I can tell you one thing. This young man will do whatever it takes to support his family. If he has to drive a taxi at night and bus, boy, bus tables by day, you know, in, in, the, in the local mission, he'll do it. That's the type of person that he is. He's a balakrayas for other people. He says, it'll work out. On the other hand, there's a young man who had a job already, who was like, wonderful guy, but if he loses his job, I can't guarantee he'll be able to get another one. He wasn't a go-getter. He didn't do it. He's like, you know, you know, the Hashem, the Russian was, you know, took care of him, you know, Baruch Hashem. Right? But that message that I will do whatever it takes to take care of you is a statement of security that a woman needs. You could give that to her. You are such a Balchassi when you give that to her. And that's what your children need. The children need that feeling that you know, when we were kids, we had this feeling our father is like, you know, the next thing next to the Kaddish Borough. Like, you know, he can handle everything in the world. Like, you remember that feeling like four or five years old, coming back from like some really nice Kashmak, uh, call a Moy trip or something like that, you know. You, know, you, you went to the amusement park and it's like, it's a great day, your parents are in the front, you're falling asleep, and like, there's like no worries in the world. Right? That's what a parent is to a child. Somewhere along the way, we lose that. The child loses that, you know, our parents aren't so smart, and they aren't so wonderful, and they aren't so omnipotent and omniscious, etc. But, right? but that message, but, but you know what? The fact that the children had that for years as, as a child gives them an ability to trust. They can trust the Kodesh Borough. You gave that to them. You're giving that to them. So for that, how are you doing that? By taking a Christ, Trends of Christ. That's a tremendous thing. So I, I think that's the first point is this uh, re- re- appreciate the role that you have and respect it because it's a tr- you, we don't really sometimes look at the other side of how much we're not seeing the world through somebody else's eyes and when we do it's wow look what we're doing we're doing a tremendous thing it's the first point that I want to share with you second point I want to share with you is like a totally different angle um so, when I came to Summer Springs, so I came from Tulsa Shiva. Tulsa Shiva was not a college yeshiva. Um, and so the powers that be were very, very nervous about some of the things that I might say. So, Summer Springs is this very modern community, etc. So, the first year I was teaching in high school, so it's basically you do whatever you want, they said. Just in the high school, there's certain things which are verboten that you can't talk about. So of course that was the wrong thing to say to me because that's exactly what did you know. So I, I, I respected the request to the point that I would not bring up the topic. I said, but I wanted to tell you up front, if the topic is brought up, I'm going to say it the way I see it. So the two topics which were off, were off limits were Zionism and, and Kaddish. Like they were worried about what, what I'm going to say. So of course somewhere along the way, you know, one of the boys brings up, you know, Rabbi, what do you think about college? Right? I said. I'm not against college. He says college is a very, very powerful thing. He said, I want to put, tell you something. He said, I want to understand something. When you walk into college, and there's, uh, the example I gave is there's an English professor teaching English. 
that professor believes that without English, you are a plod goof. It's not a high school teacher, maybe even some of the high school teachers. You know, I'm teaching English. This person believes in what he's teaching. He's passionate about it. He believes that you're not going to be a true whole man until you have this class. He's telling you a value system. The, his, the, the person who's teaching history doesn't just teach history. He believes in history. He believes that this is important for you to define yourself. And he has his view. And this is a subtlety. This is something which is not overt. The, the, the world is sending us a, me- a value system message all the time. So I said to Shemuzi, she, you know, to the, the, when the boys came back afterwards, he was you know, in class, he was in economic class. He said, you know, it hit me. I'm sitting in class, in economics class, and the teacher is really saying the word money like 47 different ways. Every class is saying, yeah, money. It's like they're bowing current to money. You know, it's all about money. You know, how to make money, the importance of money, how much the world runs of money, 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 money. And everybody said, yes, money, 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 money. Right? The world is sending us a value system. And it's, it is a, we have our own value system. And we, and we believe in these things that they have value. They have tremendous value within a context. History is very important. There's many things you can learn from history. The ability to express yourself intelligently is important. All the things are very important. And money is very important also. But is that what life is about? Right? He said, when you're sitting in that class and the, and, the, and the professor is sending this message, you need to ask yourself, Do I, is that my value system? You need to question that. Is what he believes in what I believe in? We might both agree to the, to, to the item, but we, we put it in a different place in our universe. A life which is about growth, accomplishments, you know, those type of things is what we believe is important. Within the context, yes, this is a vehicle to do that. It's a very important vehicle to do that. It's maybe the right vehicle for me to do that. And hundreds and true. But it, 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 at the end of the day, it's a, it's a hectimsa, baum. The story, the mice of the mice of the Levenstein. So Kassel Levenstein, if you ever look at Arya Kassel, look at his sorum, they're extremely intense, Moser. His, his letters are much more benign. Like there's the message he would say for the realm, the message he would say for the, for the individual were quite different. But he, would, he, he, he came to America after Shanghai. After Shanghai. He, was in, he was with the Mary Shiva in Shanghai. So he came to America after Shanghai. And after a few years, he said, I can't deal with America anymore. It's just too much too much. I'm going there. It's Israel. And he left the mirror. And he went and he came to Meshkei Kampanyevich. While he was here in America, Babe Ruth died. So, so what, one day, Rav Katzel walks into the base manager, and there's this major tumult going on in the base manager. So he walks over to the buffer and says, What's the Gishem? What happened? He says, Babe Ruth died. Who's Babe Ruth? <laughs> right? So he says, Now, if the base manager, Katzel, his own daughters said that they, they had a pocket from him, his Kedusha. So, so he says, He's a baseball player. Vasi does baseball. What's baseball? Now, remember, the, the person who was explaining to Rukasa felt like an absolute idiot. Like, you know, explaining him, you have a ball and a stick, and you hit the ball with the stick, you know, and it goes far. It's like, like Rukasa, like, no, says was. They're like, now what? So he says, he says, okay. So that's what he was good at, right? Hitting balls with sticks. Like, that's what he's known for. It doesn't sound very, that doesn't sound very intelligent if you say it in those words. 
So he says, what did they say by the, by the funeral already? She says, by the funeral they said that Babe grew up without a father. His father abandoned his family. So he, he, had, he had a very soft spot for orphans. So he used to go to orphanages all the time. He used to spend time with the, with the children there. He says, that was the main focus of the funeral. So Reb Chassel said, Bokram, listen to what you just said. He said, here's a man you're telling me his whole life, the main thing he was known to the whole world because he could hit a, a ball with a stick. But when it comes to Yerma Akram, when it comes to the final day, they talk about the fact that he did cast at other people. Now, nowadays, you go to funerals and they talk about how he loved golf. And I, 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 like, like, really? That's all you can say about the poor guy? You know, I, 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 I cringe. I, was, I, was, I, 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 I can't believe that people are saying this. You know? But once upon a time, not too long ago, when people were still thinking intelligently, but a funeral, you, the last day, what are you going to say about the person? Like, what do you want on, what do you want on your Mitzayim? Rabbi Dr. Olaski says the story when his father passed away. I'm sorry, this is morbid a little bit. Okay, it's okay. Right? So, like, you know, um, you, ever, you familiar with Rabbi Dr. Olaski? He's a major less. Turn to Tamachachim and you know, he gets his message across. He says, you know, so his father passed away, so they, he being the rabbi of the family, was commissioned by the family to write them a Mitzayim. And he's spending time on it, and time on it, and time on it. Finally, one of his brothers says, like, says, David, how long does it take to write the, the epitaph in the Mateva? So he said, a lifetime. He says, what do you want me to write? You know, he says, you know, he says, says, right, our father's a dentist. He says, here lies dad. He just filled his last cavity. Like, what, what do you want me to write? Like, you know. <laughs> so, it, there is a moment when we, when we step off the world for a moment which you realize you know, I don't want the value system of the world to be my value system but we forget it well, on the day to day basis we forget about it because we, we, and, and, and it's, we, we absorb it and we have to stop two more thoughts and then we can discuss it the um The Rabbi Yaakov Emlin writes that what the the, the the Goyim accomplished all the years of oppressing the Jews, the Jews didn't give in. But they they accomplished that the Kaiser lost pride in what they are. And that that's the Goyim Yaakov, the Goyim Yaakov, the Goyim of the Gaiva Kaiser, we lost. So when they, when they threw open the, the, the doors of the ghettos, the Jews ran. What are you running to? What, what are they offering you? Right? We, we have something extraordinary, which, but we lost that appreciation of the value of what we have. And therefore, the, what they have seemed to, be, seemed to be enticing, seemed to be interesting, scintillating. So it, it, it was alluring. Why was it alluring? So it's interesting to see like where that took place. Different places differently, but you know, like somebody he went back to they went to visit Poland. You know, he says you go through the countryside over there. You cannot be jealous of the Polish peasants. There's nothing to be jealous of. You know, not financially, and not you know. You look at the, the vacant eyes. Like there's nothing in their life. What are you jealous of that they can get drunk? Like what what what, what, are, you, what are they selling? But there was you know there was the intellectual group which Kaiser was 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 what there was enticed by. 
And, and we, we need to recreate the pride of being a Jew. We need to recreate you know, that what it means that, we, that and, and, and it's, it's like a, you know, the, the narrative which the world throws at us I find fascinating I find it fascinating, I'm not going to get involved with politics which don't start me on that um, I, but this narrative of uh, there's going to be one area I have, I have a about children. My family is not, not religious. And the member of my family married somebody that's only not Jewish. Um, and uh, so I didn't attend the wedding, obviously. And I wrote him why I'm not attending. So he was not very happy about it. And shortly after, one of my, it was at some family gathering, one of my relatives had called me out, like, you know, listen, you know. You want to do what you want to do. We respect you. It's your thing. But why are you insulting him? He can do what he wants to do. You do what you want. To do. What are you doing? So I said to her, I said, I said let's, let, let's get the term straight. So you're looking at me that I'm this bigot who's like dictating terms everybody else, and I looking down my nose everybody else. And says, I disagree with that narrative. I disagree with that defin- explanation. Because I want to say something. You and I have no arguments. Imagine relative so and so is here with us. We were sitting in the kitchen. In the kitchen, he's about to put his hand into the fire. What would you do? She says, "I would try and stop him." I said, "Why? It's his life. Let him do whatever he wants." Well, who would you tell him what to do? Who do you think you are? So the answer is because you care about him. You care about him enough that you want to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. So we only have one argument: Is there such a thing as spiritual hurt? That's all our arguments. You don't believe in live and let live either. And something you care about, you don't believe in live and let live. I don't believe in it either. Neither of us believes in that. I happen to believe there's something called spiritual hurt, which bothers me. That's why I said something. You don't believe in that? Okay, so that's our arguments. But let's not define... But let, I, You can't define my terms. There's a society saying, you know, that you know, but we don't believe it. We're mean people because we don't we don't have respect people's rights, etc. Mean people. Anybody that I care about, of course, I don't respect their rights. I care about them. I don't want them to hurt themselves. Have to be. I define this hurt. You don't define it. But so we're arguing about a little detail. But don't make that narrative your narrative. And, and we and the society does it to us all the time. You know, it, and and, it, it, and and if you stop and think about it, like what. I, I said over a story recently. I met somebody who was in Cleveland for, for Simcha. person told me this following story. He's, the guy's a real. You'll see who he is in a second. Okay. He makes Rabbi Shalom look very, very benign. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a good description of him. Um, so this fellow was on a flight from Eretz back to America. And there's this woman next to him who was an Israeli woman who's a professor in Princeton. And she's eating a ham sandwich. So she's a little bit embarrassed. And she turns and says, you know, if I had known that, he said, that's a rabbi, I would not have ordered a ham sandwich. He says, you know what, it doesn't bother me. She says, what? He says, you know, I'm not holding by the level that I really care about what you do with your life. What do you want to have a sandwich? It's your business. Like, what is it with me? He said, well, I'll tell you a story, though. Just, like, totally disarmed, right? You know, like, whoa. That's not, rabbis are supposed to sort of think badly thoughts about other people. That, that's, like, you know, her thought process, you know. Right? 
He said, you know what? You know what? I'm not holding by the level. I really think too much about you. I once had a bar in yeshiva who, who walked around with a major chip on his shoulder. He thought, like, you know, every time, like, there's like, always like this, like, visiting me. I was like, well, anyway. One of the like, what's your problem? Like, why do you have to always give this? He says, because says, Rebbe's giving me these dirty looks. He says, you know what? You're not so part of my life that I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the guy behind you. He says, really? They said, yeah, why do you think I'm thinking about you? Like, you know, like, what, why is it about you? It was like, so we back broke the ice and we had a very good relationship. So he said, I want to tell you a story. I said, you know, my brother won a lottery ticket. Okay. And he won. His ticket won. So wow, that's so nice. And he threw away the ticket. She said, really? You must have been so upset. He says, yeah, I was really upset that my brother took something which is such a valuable and he threw it away without even checking out how much it's worth. He says, yeah, I feel right on that also. He says, how about a person who takes 3,000 years of tradition and throws it away without really looking into what it means? She was like... Right? We have such valuable things. I mean, the woman's... He, he, he didn't tell me the end of the story, but I could just imagine the woman's reaction to that line, you know? We have such valuable things. We need to appreciate them. We need to, you know, and our society is saying that they're not. The, the music of a human being living, that he learns that the goal in life is not about himself. It's, it's, it's about somebody else. And that's the value we, which we live all the time. We, that's ours. That, well, that's Kaya's service. Those of don't have that. And the reason why they're busy condemning everybody because at the end of the day, they're focusing on themselves. And they want what they want and they get really uncomfortable when I, I tell them it's bad. So it must be I'm a bad person. Call a person a mumma person. We are the people which understand the value what it means to take out somebody else and we care about somebody else hurting themselves. And I'm not happy that you hurt yourself. Because I care about you as a person. And that's something which belongs to Christ. So that's, 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 I, I want, we need to be proud of what we are. We're the Amanifter. We have the Russians' relationship with us. Okay, last point I want to share with you, and just open up, is learning Torah Lishma. So, you know, the Nefesh Chaim says Torah Lishma means like Torah Lishem Torah. So, what does that mean, Torah Lishem Torah? So, mistakenly, people think it means intellectual pursuits. So it's not what it means at all. And the mushroom which I give is the following mushroom. I just said it over for the ladies now. That's why it's on my mind. Right. Imagine a chassan sends his kala a letter in the days before phones. So she gets this nice letter from her chassan. So how many times does she read it? Once? Of course not. Twice, three times, four times. She puts it away. She pulls out a day later. She reads it again. And it brings a smile to her face. It's a letter from her hustle. Imagine she can't figure out what it says. She's quite mitzta'er. She mitzta'er it, really, right? She needs to know what it says. She needs to know. It's a letter from her hustle. What did he say? tell me? What is his message for me? What does he want me to do? What is, it, what is he saying? She'll read it again. She'll look at context. She'll look at nuances. She'll ask somebody else for help. She'll send them a letter for help. Because she needs to know. The Russian said, Kali saw a letter called the Torah. I enjoy reading it because I enjoy reading it. It's a letter from my cousin. Not for the intellectual pursuit. But it's because it's a letter from my cousin. The, the Vilna Grand had a, had a To join the Vilna Grand's cloys, obviously you had to be, before you came in, you had to be a person of caliber to join the Vilna Grand. 
Otherwise, it's a waste of your time. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't. I, I, I read, you know, the first chapter of the physics book. I go listen to Einstein's lecture. Ridiculous. Like that's not a good muscle to understand. You, you, you have to join the building guards' cloys. You have to be Tamil Chacham Mufli. To get into the cloys, you have to learn Torah Now, how do you test the Torah Like, what do you do? How do you learn Torah Like, you know, it was a very simple test. The guy would give the the person who wanted to join. He says, you know, I want you to read this pasuk and keep learning it until I come back for you. What was the pasuk? The first pasuk in Divrei Yamim. Three words. Adam, Shays, Anosh. That's the three words. So I remember like playing, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Adam, Shays, Anosh. That's about a minute, a second and a half. Right? Adam, Shays, Anosh. Uh, Anosh, Shays, Adam. Shays, Adam. Okay, that's 10 seconds. Now what? He would have the person sit there for 45 minutes to an hour reading the same post. What's the shot? If it's the Brashim Sarah, the Brashim wrote you the letter, said, I can join. No intellectual pursuit over there. I don't need it. That's not why Torah is important. Torah is important because it's the Brashim's message to Pai So, yes, I don't have the time for my intellectual pursuit as much as I want. I don't, I don't accomplish the, the, the swords I used to say when I was in Yeshiva. I don't have time for that, and I wish I wish it. Yeah, wonderful. But you're learning the Brashim's Torah. That's why it's valuable. It's Abraham's message to Klai Yisrael. It's his letter to Klai Yisrael. It's his love letter to Klai Yisrael. And every time you read a word of Torah, you're reading Abraham's letter. That's it. That's why it's valuable. So of course, it's important to me. Of course, I want to do it more. Of course, I want to understand it. But it's not, it's not mathematics 101, Talmud 101. It's not, I love chess, I love Sudoku, I love, I love fascinating Gemara, Kashas and Gemara. That's true, I do. I also have to like Sudoku and chess. Right. But that's not why I learned Torah. And that's not why Torah is Geshmak to me. That's not why, you know, and I'm, you know, sometimes I forget it, you know, Torah is Geshmak because it's a fascinating Kasha in the Torah. Yes, given. But that's not what it's about. Torah is because how can I not want to read this letter from, from a Kodesh Baruch of the Claudius? It's the version talking. So if we can hold on to that. So we only have a half an hour to do it in a day. We only have 15 minutes to learn a day. But it's one more time to read that letter from the Chassan to the Kano. I, I, I encourage, by the way, I encourage my Chassan to write letters to the Kano's. So even with everything, a letter is something which you cannot replace. A letter, gives you, you think it out well, you present it, and she'll read it multiple times. It says, the one day you come home from, like, you know, uh, Pesach cleaning, and you see you're like your wife with this like, dreamy smile on her face. She found the box of the letters under the bed, and she's reading it again. So to make sure your kids don't get their hands on those letters. <laughs> right. So I, I think, you know, it's the message which, again, which is, we, we, we forget what it, you know, it's about, the Kasha and the Territz and the Rashba and the Hezbra. You know, I don't have time for the Kedushim and the Rashba anymore. And the Hezbra, I don't have time to say my Kabur to figure out Shat and the Rashba. I don't have time anymore. I don't have time either anymore. I mean, I, I, have, a, I have to say, say Kabur and Yeshiva, I don't have time either. Like, you know, between my fundraising and between my everything else, I do, uh, who has time? You know? If you want to, be, you want to learn, don't become a rabbi. You know, like it's just a <laughs> But the, the value of Torah is because it's Christ's it's special relationship with the Kaddish Baruch which a Bershom is sending us a message. This is important. And when you're learning a piece of Gemara, you try to figure out what a Kaddish Baruch was saying to us. And the Russian made each person's mind different. 
and each person's mind is going to get a message and that's the message that you're supposed to get so if your goal is to understand what the Bershom said to you that's really your goal what you figure out is tough. Right. What you figure out is Torah. That's the Russian's Torah for you. The Council of Elohim Chachayim. One of my just pointed out to me there's a Rashi and the Chagig, there's a word that applies nowadays, as long as the person is Torah Lishma. What you came up with is Mamash Tiber Lichim Chachayim. Because it's Torah Lishma. Torah Lishma means you are working as hard as you can to figure out what the Russian is saying to you. And not because it's fascinating and it's interesting and you like saying Shikhlak Torah, etc. That is about you. So I don't know what you're coming out with. You're coming out with your single Torah. It's about a Kodesh Baruch then, 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 then it works. Okay, so that's the, the thoughts I wanted to share with you. The idea of seeing the world from somebody else's perspective. Number one. Number two, respecting the, that allows you to respect the role that you're playing and seeing it, how valuable it is to other people and embracing that. The, the, the idea of that the narrative of the world is not, not our narrative and we should not let, let them define and, and control the narrative. Respecting the the, the, the role that Kaisal has in the world and the, that the Bersh, the, and being proud of that, and the Tarli Shmo is this idea of enjoying the because that that is the vehicle that represents that relationship. That's, that's the thoughts I wanted to share. Please, if somebody wants to share, question, challenge, criticism, yeah. The two things, and Chesed, Avinu learned the Chesed from Hashem because he saw everything as Chesed here. Right, 100%. Romero's Chesed was really an expansion of that concept. He saw what the, 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 the Dalton adds is the ability to understand somebody else's needs and really see the world the way they're seeing it. it when he took himself out of the picture, He was able to do that. And otherwise, you can't. You won't see a kind of sparkle, you and you, you'll just see yourself. Revolver writes in the in Kelly Bays. He has a, he has a vod on the meat of chesed. So he says the first thing he says, I want you to, don't do any chesed. Just go out there for the first two weeks, and I want you to three times a day you meet people, think about what their needs are. That's the first step. Punch be aware of other people's needs. So he says that they can come back after two weeks. This is a series of vodim which he actually did with the, his Talmudim. And people reported, okay, what did you see? You know, random people I met, the, you know, the, the mailman and this and that. He says, people basically need the same things as I have. He says, oh, so you didn't see anybody else. You just saw yourself for two weeks. You just reflected yourself on everybody else. That was not very geschmack, right? It was like, but that, that's to really understand, like, what is this person's challenge? What is bothering him? Or what does he need? What does he want? or she or whatever it is we really don't see people we see ourselves reflected I, I, I had a, a very uh, one of my chaberim in yeshiva was the sweetest guy in the world clueless to the nth degree one of my other says one thing said you know so and so is such a bachet he'll run to the end of the world to do your favor for the life of the man he cannot figure out what you need to that was his description of this, this, of this person and he was right Sweet guy, he couldn't, he couldn't. He couldn't understand you. He saw the world from his own dalalas. Yeah, partially, he had low self-esteem. He was always focused on himself, and worried about it. You know, he had a reason why he did that. But like, like, as adults, we got to let go of that. 
you know, what what are my wife's needs? What does she see? How is she seeing the world? What are really what's really important to her? What's really Rabbi Fran has a fascinating has a fascinating story. He says a couple who did this this um, uh, exercise. They wrote down each one the top twenty things that they thought their spouse wanted in a marriage. So the husband wrote down what he, what he thought the wife wanted. The wife wrote down what she thought the husband wanted. Then they gave it to, and they wrote, they wrote it in order of priority, one to twenty, and they gave it to each other to grade. And the husband, you know, looks at you know what she wrote as number one. Which I, that my husband wants supper on the table when he comes home. He put a number fifteen. It's that true, and vice versa. And then they took the things and they put it under their coffee table, so they could read it every few days. We want how much they don't really understand what the other person's thinking, and get, start really to learn to understand what the other person's thinking. She was thinking what their husband needs. She was projecting, and vice versa. Well, that's not true. What what does he really need? You know, and that was a fascinating exercise. Just as it, it opened up their eyes to a whole new way to look at the world. So what about the guy next to you? Or the guy in shul? What about your neighbor? The neighbor you don't get along with? Like, what's bothering him? What's really on his mind? I had an I had a, a experience yesterday with somebody. I have no idea. But there's clearly something bothering him. Like, I was Masada Kishwaiyakasta, and this person was one of the eight of them. And there's something bothering him. He's upset at me. I don't know, I don't know what I did. But I'm trying to figure out, like, what... You know, he, he, he disagreed with me about this point. This point, that point, you know, he made a disparaging comment twice in the conversation. It was like, he's older than me. Like, I don't know if he's upset. That, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure. But he ended up making a mistake when he signed the, the Ksuba. <laughs> I only had it twice in my years, 20 years I've been inside of Kedusha, and both times it was because the aide shepherd with me, he ended up making a mistake when he signed. But both times, I said, that there's obviously something bothering him. I'm planning to call him, you know, to try to get his phone number and call him. He's in a different city, you know. Like, did I, did, I, did I hurt you? Did I insult you? Did I do something wrong? Like, why are you so upset? Like, this is a person I can't imagine making the mistake of forgetting how to write his name properly. He's a cipher. What does that mean? Obviously, something's bothering him. I don't know. I, can't, I couldn't get into it. I didn't have time to get into his head. Right? But I, I, it's sitting on me that obviously there's something that, that was, was bothering him which maybe I could have provided or somebody else could have provided. This is a person who has a story he wants to say. I want to hear it. I was telling him, you know, we talked about Rishon today. Just, I walked into a store once. I, you know, Rabbi Shalom is a little bit more than you know. But I'm, I'm pretty outgoing, so I'm in the checkout, and I, and I say to the checkout woman, "This is you know, and how are you today?" She says, "Rabbi, I'm not doing well." No, oh, what's wrong? My husband just passed away. I said, "Really? You know, how long were you married?" You know, there's a whole lot of people behind me. You know, like you know, a tough luck on them. You know, right? Obviously, this woman wants to talk. She says, "We're married for 14 years." Says, Rabbi, he was my best friend. He says, how long did they pass away? He says, three days ago. Three days ago. He says, I need to work. I need money. He says, you have a time to grieve. He says, I miss him so much. You know, she needed to talk. So she needed to talk. She needed to get those words out of her. She said, okay, I'm going to listen. Now, I don't like anything to do with my life. But right now, and this is with this Goyesha woman that is in some store who's like, she's so lacking that she took a random guy off the street and started talking to him. 
Zalapuskin has a story about a guy who's walking through Central Park and he's held up by gunpoint. And for the next 20 minutes, the guy pours out this tale of woe, puts away the gun and says, I apologize for scaring you. I needed somebody to talk to somebody and nobody would stop to listen. <laughs> welcome to, welcome to, to, to America, you know, the year 2000, you know, right? In 2018, like nobody has time to listen to anybody else. The guy needs to talk. Do we notice that? Do we hear that? Do we hear those people screaming for respect me? Like my my my, my, kid, my kids tease me about it. You know, I walk into the store. I, I the store. I go. I know the ladies' names. I walk. You know, hello, Melody. You know, hi, Chauncey. Hi, Ben. You know, like it, it makes their day. Somebody knows knows them by name. Oh, hi, Kathy. Hi, Janice. You know, have a good day, Janice. It makes the woman's day. Why? Because I said her name. I noticed her as a human being. I said, "Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's you're too late. I, I, what, what, what shift are you working today?" I'm working the late shift. Said, oh, that must be very hard. So no matter, I like it because it gives me more time in the booth. Oh, oh, great! Oh, thank you for sharing that. You know, you know, so why I do what I do. Um, <laughs> right? yeah, but yeah, it's besides the fact that I like interfacing with people. I do. But I, I think about how I can, a little, just a, with a little bit of thought and effort, I can enhance somebody else's day. Why not? And with your secretary? Now, secretary, you have to, you have to find the balance because, you know, you can't get too friendly with the secretary also, you know, because, you know, you, you're, that's also a challenge. You have to find a way to do it right. You know. But uh, that, that's, Aramamina saw, saw people. He saw their needs. He saw them as they saw themselves and what they were seeing in the world. That's quite, that's the, the goal of Chesed. And that's once you can do that, you can see Kaddish Baruch Hu also. Yeah. Rav said that uh, for people who are going on to learn, it's a chesed. You're doing it all day. It's beautiful, but it's still not as good as learning Torah. Okay. You're you're touching on a very challenging question because. There's, the answer to that question is yes or no, which is but like you know, welcome to the world of Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit. There's no straight answers, right? And, and and when we try to make them straight answers, we end up messing us all up. There were twelve shvatim Yisu There was a shevet Yisachar. There was a shevet Levi. There was a shevet Zvulun. Right? And Yisachar and Zvulun. Zvulun is listed first. Right? The Morris says that Shimonach Yazaria. Right, that he's called Achia Zarya. He's named based on his brother because Zarya went to work to support him. So we, Rebbe is Machabras Hashirim. There's many Gemaras which talk about the Hashivas of, of of something else. Ah, we know learning is the most important thing in the world. I want to tell you. I want. I want to qualify this. I had. A, I had this fascinating insight. I was sitting in Tel Shiva summer. Somebody, somebody has to go. Please, you know, your wife's in your home. You're going to work tomorrow. Don't feel you have to say it because I'm talking. I like talking. You, look, you need to go to sleep. Please go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm serious. Somebody has to go. Like, you know, you got to go. Oh, thank yeah. You yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um. So. The, I'm sitting in Tel Shiva in the summer and it's color war time and the two teams were Zahiris and Zerizas I think so this is the day before the, day before the computers and so like, I'm, sitting, I'm not part of the camp but you know, the, the, the camp is on the Yeshiva campus I'm sitting in basement there's all of a sudden there's like three boys come running in 
that their 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 their, their general had sent them to find Rabbi Reingold to help them find three chazals for their banners about the importance of zebras. Okay, so I helped them find some chazals, and they're very happy. Half an hour later, the sheep was going again. Who's Rabbi Reingold? You know, our, our general says, "Find Rabbi Reingold, help you find some chazals about zebras." So I had three chazals about zebras, the most important thing in the world. <clears throat> three chazals about zebras being the most important thing in the world. So they're all very happy. But I was like, huh? So which one is it? So I was once sharing this with, with, with Rabbi Landisman, one of the, the, the actual lawyer, Tama Chacham, lives by us in the community. So he says, you know, he went to Harvard Law School, so he comes to for Salavetschik's Shoshurus. Salavetschik gets up and he speaks and he says, this whole drush, and he says, you should know that this thing which I spoke about today is the foundation of the whole Torah. So he says, Wow. I came, Mamish, just in the right week to hear from Salvechik the foundation of the whole Torah. <laughs> He's so excited. The next week he goes back, and Salvechik speaks again. He says, And you should know, this point I said over here is the foundation of the whole Torah. He says, Huh? Last week he said the same thing. Then he said, Again, next week. Like everything's the foundation of the whole Torah. Everything is, from all different directions. Zahiris right? is the most important thing in the world, and so is Rezus. Now, how does that stem? I don't know. It's not important, right? That with, without the meat of Chesed, without I, I, I tell you just an interesting story. I was called upon to work with a young man. The young man is not not Shomer Shabbos, not Frum, etc. This boy, at the age of twelve, was the winner of the Pirkei Mishnayis Balpeh contest. At the age of sixteen, the boy is not Frum. And uh, the person who was working with him asked me if I would meet with this young man. So I'm sitting with this young boy. I was like, you know, obviously background and learning. He memorized, you know, three thousand something mishnayos, you know. And here he is, you know, without a yarmulke, sitting in the basement without a yarmulke, you know. Tell him he wants to go join the Peace Corps. He, says he wants to help people in the world. I said, you know, learning Torah is also helping people. You know, Torah is the, 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 the words, etc. So he says, he says, yeah, but do you feel it? That's what he says to me. I said, that hurts. He's right. The, my son is thinking about how I'm helping Claudia. He's still thinking about how I'm trying to learn a good work. He said, Torah, without the meat of chesed, and without exercising our meat of chesed muscles, we don't really understand Torah. There's a Zara Kodesh that says, says that Klaiso was not, was, did not truly leave Mitzrayim until they reached the point that they could really focus on somebody else, not themselves. They weren't ready to be Torah because the Torah they would get would not be the true Torah. It would be a distortion. So without that process of a person moving out beyond themselves, you're not really learning Torah. So yes, Torah is very important, but without testing, it's not going to happen. So what do you need right now? Right now, that's what you need right now at this point in your life. That's what you need. So, in the Torah you'll learn will be a different Torah. And support your life, you'll be able to am- amalgamate the two in the different stages of life. You know, it's, it's, not, you know, it's not about just you know, the next 15 years. You, you have many years ahead of you. And you need this training right now. Ah, that guy doesn't need the training. Maybe he does. <laughs> you know, and he'll get it at some point in his life. And each person, you know, it's, 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 so I, I don't have the real answers. I don't know. I don't know why the Russian makes Cheshbon of the Purple, but I do know that there's not one way to do it. And this narrative of that there's one way to do it, which we have in the yeshiva world, is it's a very good message to push the kids when they're young, and it's very stifling and, and, and limiting and frustrating when you get older. And it's a problem.
Yeah, did not answer your question. I did. Okay, I think it's getting late. Yes? It would seem from the, from the last portion of the, of the shear that a person who like randomly comes home and pulls out a paper has a higher chance of doing it with Shmuel. Because, because really, at that point, he's doing it for sure, just because the letter is important to him. He, he feels that the Very letter... Very much possible, yeah. Mean, mean somebody who, who all day long is important in it, really, it, it starts to... But, but that guy who takes it for 10 minutes, all of a sudden, has a better chance. Would, is, is that not counterintuitive a little bit? No, I think, I think it's a very good point. You know, it's something which I have to work on. I get to be in the Mace Centers the whole day. I don't appreciate what I'm getting. And sometimes, you know, I, yeah, I do enjoy the intellectual pursuit of it, you know. And the days where I have to go fundraise and I come back and I, and I have a few minutes and I say, oh, it's so good, Michael. But that's Taka, you know, I'm able to like get, you know, back at, yeah, that's a difference. Uh, I, I want, I, I need some air, you know. I need some air, you know. You know, that's a different, different flavor. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.